I assume that's the best part of our show. Outtakes? Oh, without a doubt. We don't provide real content. No. No Just real knowledge to be had here. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is January 15th, 2023, and this is episode 626. Coming to you from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to discuss a 1-3 in week for the Pacers, including games against Charlotte, New York, Atlanta, and Memphis. Joining me... This week is one of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast, from Asheville, North Carolina. He's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, JT? Um, I don't think anybody picked one in three. Um, we uh, we were on such a high coming from last week. Um, I do have uh, a shouts out um, for... The host, uh, Joey, who is, I guess, like, busy. And then, like, uh, shouts out for uh, the enforcer, John Harper, who's his birthday. And he's, like, having a whole weekend of uh, nonsense for, uh, was he 56 this year? Is that right? He's, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. Yeah, no, he's uh, uh, 63. I think 63? Okay, good. I, I have trouble keeping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ninety-two. I mean, he looks so good for his age because he's he been enforcing so many things his entire That's right. life. That's right. So shout out to both of them. Um, but we got all we need. You and me, buddy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and shout out to you, Mike Morrow. I could have been backed into taking a one in three week, and I would have been correct. And That's true. Instead, I broke the mold. That's true. All right. Before we start the show, I just want to remind you folks that this show is brought to you by you. You can head over to patreon.com slash undebeatables to support the longest running Pacers podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Or you can be like Mark Morrow and give us $37 a month or something. I don't know why he does that. It's really great, though. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real supporter of the show. Single-handedly keeping us afloat. That's right. All right, as I mentioned, a one in three week in Pacer land. Uh, we recorded on Saturday last week, so before the Sunday game against Charlotte, which the Pacers won, one sixteen to one eleven. Uh, Miles Turner had a heck of a game in that one: twenty one points, nine rebounds, and four blocks. And Tyrese Halliburton chipping in sixteen, thirteen assists, five rebounds, three steals, just a ho hum line for the 
uh, eighth, what is he, eighth in the East guards, all-star vote getter these days. That was the brightest spot for the Pacers this week. Wednesday, uh, the Pacers traveled to the Mecca and played the Knicks, and they end up dropping this one 119 to 113. They did make it interesting after being down by 20 some odd at some point. Uh, Buddy Heald led the way for the Pacers 31 points, eight rebounds. Matherin chipped in 20 points. Uh, Halliburton was having an okay game, 15 points and seven assists as the Pacers were making a comeback, but then took an awkward fall in the third quarter and did not return. We'll get uh, to more of that later. Notably, the Pacers without Miles Turner in this game, who was a late scratch uh, with back spasms, a.k.a. uh, sitting out because there's a trade to be made, depending on how conspiratorial you are. You watch your tongue, sir. We got... The, uh, the Pacers got murdered by the Knicks' backcourt. Jalen Brunson, 34 points, and just backbreaking shots down the stretch. And uh, R.J. Barrett, in his return to action, 27 points. As the Pacers offered little resistance uh, defensively. Pacers back in the fieldhouse on Friday to host Atlanta and lose a heartbreaker at the buzzer, 113-111. Uh, to uh, this game was back and forth throughout. Uh, Pacers led by, I think, nine with eight minutes left, but then uh, Atlanta quickly erased that, and uh, it was sort of back and forth. Trey Young hitting threes, and uh, John Collins getting a tip in right at the buzzer. Uh, Matherin led the way for the Pacers with 26. O'Shea Brzezette had a nice game off the bench, 17 points and 10 rebounds. And uh, IPA, Isaiah Jackson, 10 points, 10 <laughs> rebounds, and 7 blocks. He's got uh, the hops. He's got the hops. Uh, Trey Young led the way for uh, Atlanta with 26. And um, Kungwu killed us. 18 points and 20 rebounds in that one. Ugh. Uh, again, no uh, Halliburton in that game and no Miles Turner uh, in that game. Uh, Saturday, uh, the Pacers hosted the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think are tied for first in the West right now, uh, and they lost this one by a lot. It was uh, 130 to 112 was the final score. Chris Duarte, the leading scorer for the Pacers with 25. Uh, Desmond Bain led the way for Memphis with 25. John Morant had a heck of a game, 23 points, 10 assists, and one uh, murder of Jalen Smith. Um that brought the crowd to its feet in uh, in uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Brought me to my feet on my couch in Washington D.C. Uh, uh, if was you haven't the, seen this dunk, it was the it was, dunk of the night for uh, uh, ESPN or for a very or, good reason. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was like, "What's happening?" You know. And so I've been <laughs> able to watch it again and again and again because it's it's in social media and 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 the and the war and the whatnot, but. What he does is he fully cocks his arm back, like, all the way back. He's in the air. So Jalen Smith jumps to block the shot and is almost all the way down (laughs) after he's jumped at his full peak and almost back on the ground. And Morant's still in the air with his hand just coming down like a hammer. It Mm -hmm. It was brutal. 
yeah, uh, the entire Memphis bench pretty much lost their mind uh, at that point. And uh, according to reports from my dad, who was in the building, uh, apparently all of Cambridge Fieldhouse also kind of lost their mind. How do you not? Crazy. How do you not yeah. just go, oh, my God, what yes. happened? It was nuts. Uh, if you want to go back and watch, there was like a, a four-minute sequence of basketball where John Morant was just amazing. Like he was just throwing lobs and no-look passes and you know this dunk and and then he followed up the next possession with another dunk i think he threw a couple blocks in there and then that was basically stretched the lead from you know 18 to the high 20s and the game was pretty and he was like yeah i'll just i'll sit down now yeah so uh pretty rough week for the pacers where do you want to start colson uh I mean, yes, yes, a rough week. Um, I think, you know, the Charlotte game was uh, was solid. I thought that we did what we were supposed to do. Um, we beat a worse team. And, um, um, you know, as you mentioned, Miles Turner was uh, incredible in that. Um, was it 29 points? Um, and just being 21 big. Points. Yeah, tw- only 21? Okay. Mm-hmm. But he was just bigger than everybody um and he used his 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 size i thought um you know this game was probably closer oh than no you're sh- right 29 points I was yeah wondering. this so. game was probably closer than it should have been um but at the same time I, I felt like we were in control of it i was never really worried and um you know it was continuing the the trek we had been on when we when we predicted a three and one or a two and two week we were just taking care of business um the New York game, I thought, was a missed opportunity. I was very impressed with our game plan. We uh, basically we doubled uh, Julius Randle every time he got the ball uh, because we know he can't pass out, and also because he's big and we don't have a ton of size. But like we we just went at him, and it really worked for us a lot. It, it, their offense really struggled at, at points in this game when we doubled Randle. Um, but Brunson just did what he wanted to. Um, Brunson was fantastic in this game. Every time they got in trouble, he got the ball and he, and he made a difference. So I'm going to push back on you a little bit. Um, I don't know if our defensive strategy was working all that well. It worked uh, well on Wan- Randall. <laughs> it worked thought. well on Randall, but the, the Knicks put up 37 points in the first quarter <laughs> and pretty much got anything they wanted this strategy started in the second half i'm sorry okay you're right you're right uh this was this was a halftime adjustment um we we were without uh miles turner and randall was eating us up and so what we went to is uh a flash double on randall and he had trouble getting out of it which got us back into this game and and uh and i thought we had a chance to win it down the stretch um because we were in a deep hole (laughs) <laughs> yes, a very deep. But ball. but yes. but I thought the half tied uh, halftime adjustment of the flash double on Randall really worked for us. But if but it released Brunson to do what he wanted to do, and that was that. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I I mean you can't tell the story of this week without without saying that uh, we were without our two best players. Um, Halliburton yeah. was out, and and so was Miles Turner. Also, Neesmith was out for much of the week. Um, you know, we get a nice game from Duarte in, in uh, uh, the Memphis game, and I'm glad he's, you know, hopefully he's getting some confidence. But that game was out of hand, you know, to begin with. 
the reason I'm, I, I say that we, we miss some opportunities is that, that Atlanta and, and, and the Knicks are, you know, right there with us in the standings. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And these were winnable games, uh, even shorthanded. Um, we were in these games, uh, particularly the Atlanta game. Uh, Trey Young's, his shooting range is out. It's, it's just, it's, it's annoying as hell. I mean, he's just shooting from 35 feet and it's like a layup. It was he six mm-hmm. of 10. And, and I would say that at least three of those or four of those were just insanely far from anything. And we weren't defending him. And then McConnell decided to just get inside his Jersey, especially in the fourth quarter. And, uh, this game got interesting. It was real fun. Uh, but Curter, uh, Kevin Herter got free for, a for a three. And then, yeah, John Collins, we were having trouble, uh, blocking out and rebounding. I thought Brissett did a great job coming in with the hustle. Cause we were really getting beat on the boards and Brissett got a couple really important rebounds in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought this is one of the best games he's had all season. And, uh, but yeah, um, nobody blocked out, uh, Collins on, on the buzzer beater. Well, there was a two offensive rebounds on that. Yeah. Uh, possession you know yeah. Trey Young launches a 35 footer or whatever which doesn't go in short right and uh I forget who got the rebound but uh, maybe Hunter and put it back up and that missed and then Collins was able to get the tip in. So, and and there was some there was some uh, concern that maybe it was a you know uh, he'd uh, basket interference and all this stuff but no it was clean super clean yeah yeah yeah, very disappointing. I mean, uh, the Pacers dropped in the standings, I think, um, two full spots. I think we went from sixth to eighth this week, um, having gone below, uh, well, I guess the Heat are kind of on a tear, and, and New York, of course, and Atlanta is now nipping at our heels, uh, only a game and a half ahead of them. So, yeah, uh, doubly... Uh, you know, insult to injury, if you will, um, both, you know, literally and figuratively, uh, losing Halliburton and then losing these games to teams that are right around us. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Well, and, and, you know, and, and I, and I thought, I thought Neemhard did a nice job, uh, filling in. Um, you know, I thought, I thought the guys stepped up. Isaiah Jackson has an excellent game, maybe his, his best game of the season in, in that, is that the Atlanta game? Where he was 10, yeah. 10 rebound, ten points, ten rebounds, and seven block shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without Miles Turner, he he made himself big, and and I appreciated that. And I mean, guys like like Goga had a good game against the Knicks. The Knicks, like he, yeah, yeah, exactly. he had some good good moments. And really well, I mean, like... he he was he was on the floor in the fourth quarter when we made that game interesting because yeah, you know they were blowing sure. us out, and he he really was a big part of us getting back into it. Um, you know, guys are stepping up, but you really look around and you go, okay. Halliburton is the thing that makes us special. Mm-hmm. Now this, I mean this this team seems to be cohesive and united and 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 uh, working hard and playing hard. But you know Halliburton is the you know transcendent talent, and you know uh, Miles Turner is the hub of the defense. Without those two players, there's there, your two two best players don't play this week <laughs> essentially, um, and you're going to lose some games. Now the concern is, uh, Halliburton is going to be reevaluated in what, ten days? So like he's just uh, yeah. What I read he was it he was out two weeks probably. 
before before reevaluation. Oh, is that right? I didn't read. Yeah, that, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're reevaluating him in, in two weeks from the injury. So, Excuse so me. he's got. We should say what the injuries are. So he has a bone. He took a. It was an awkward spill. Basically, he cut across the lane and kind of got bumped, and then kind of <clears throat> somebody stepped on his foot as he was like landing, and then that caused him to fall awkwardly. So he banged his knee. So he has a knee contusion a bone contusion in his knee and then a sprained elbow because he landed weird left elbow and left not his shooting uh, hand yeah or arm but i'm i'm not sure which knee but yeah i'm pretty sure it's his left side that's all bunged up which again not his dominant side but still um and the uh x-rays were negative right it's just a contusion not a yeah and mri was negative mri yeah so, I mean, you you know, you, you expect him back, you know, fairly shortly. Uh, they reevaluate in two weeks from the injury, which would be 10 days from now. So we'll be doing another pod before they even reevaluate him. But it could be that he's on the court immediately after that. Um, with Miles Turner, he has back spasms. Um, man, lower back stuff sucks. And um, we've seen other players deal with this, and it's it's, you know, made their... Uh, participation in games over a season spotty so hopefully this sure this um goes away fairly quickly yeah i mean with a guy like halliburton i think it's wise to be cautious i guess right i mean from the longer perspective if you zoom out you know this guy is what we're seeing as the future of our franchise and the face of our franchise for hopefully the next decade plus right like there's no reason to rush him back, uh, despite the fact that we're in a um, a surprising playoff hunt. You know, like we were not expecting to be even in this realm of conversation. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any rush. You want to make sure he's fully healthy. There's no, you want him getting back out there and re-injuring things, especially sprained uh, elbows and things like that. Oh, I... I completely agree, but I I think that I what I thought what I felt like watching this week was this is what I thought the season was going to look like, you know, mm. that uh, a bunch of guys playing hard and playing together and just not having enough. We just didn't have enough talent on the floor. Um, I like all these guys and they they play played hard and they stepped up, but you know without Halbert and without Turner. Um, you're gonna win the. You're gonna lose these games more often than you're gonna win them, and I kind of envision most of our season to look like this. <clears throat> the problem is we have 23 wins at this point, <laughs> right? You know. Um, well, I, we, didn't, I didn't mean to say that. Like, throw in the towel on Halliburton or whatever. Like, I, I think he'll be back soon, and I think we'll resume. You know, our hunt for the playoffs, but I think it's gonna be t- hard to pick up wins like you said, without these two guys that are so critical to everything that we do. Well, I mean, I guess my point is you take two full more weeks off of Halliburton and let's say another handful of games off of uh, um, Turner and, you know, the Bulls are on a hot streak right now. They're getting better. Um, The Hawks are, yeah, the, the Hawks are still a mess, but, you know, you can see us easily dropping down to that tenth seed, sure. And now, now we're in that range of what are we doing here? 
you know, is it time to tank before Halliburton comes back? You know, I just think that there's a, this is a, this is a rough time to kind of, to start thinking about, you know, whether we can keep everybody healthy and whether we can still vie for, for the playoffs. I don't know. It, it was just, it was, it's a, it's a, it was a tough week. And I'm, I'm starting to, starting to worry about, um, you know, the things that we've worried about all season, which is, this is a great season to be bad. Um, but it's also really wonderful that we're playing ahead of schedule and, you know, maybe we can get these guys some seasoning. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be the 10th seed and just get knocked out in one game because that's not playoff seasoning, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So totally agree with you. But I think, you know, the, the fact that we've been flirting with the sixth seed, um, I don't know about you, but I certainly didn't, you know, obviously I think, I think that's the ceiling, <laughs> right? Like sure, I don't see the sure. team cracking the top five. And so it's more likely that we're going to end up in the play in, um, situation than, than having a guaranteed playoff series, if you will. Um, yeah, but if that's so. the case, give me the seven or the eight. So I at least get two chances to go sure. to the playoffs and you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Things could get particularly rough this week. Uh, because our schedule uh, takes this last turn for uh, for the worst. This would have been the end of the put us in a holiday season. I don't know if we've come up with another moniker for this, but we go on a four-game road, st- road stretch uh, this week. Monday at Milwaukee. That's a 2.30 tip hmm. for those yeah. of you that have uh, MLK Day off. Uh, Wednesday at OKC. Uh, Friday at Denver. And Saturday at Phoenix. So that's not good. Phoenix isn't that good, though. Phoenix is not horrible. No. And we're at their house. Sure. Fair enough. But without Booker, they've been beatable. So. Sure. Uh, But yeah, you're looking at a one and three week there, probably. Um, mm. It's not good. That'll put us below 500 if that's the case. Well, I mean, it should be said, OKC basically has the same record as Phoenix at this point. So they do have the same record as Phoenix, and they've won three straight. Well, and also so you got That's gotta... not a gimme, is what I want to say. Yeah. Oh, the the Suns? Yeah, you're right. No, the OKC is not a gimme. Oh, yeah, no, I assume we were going to lose to them. Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, I, I, I know they've been playing well. I, my, you know, again, you remember, I mean, I mean, if Miles Turner's back, that's one thing. But again, so far, we're just assuming we're going to these games without our two best players. So it's just not going to be. These guys play hard. They play tough. But I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this is going to go sideways pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to like. This is a great opportunity for guys like, like you mentioned, like Duarte, who seemed to get off the schneid um, in the Memphis game. And hopefully Aaron Neesmith, he, he was out with an illness, but hopefully he can get his rhythm back. And, uh, you know, it's it's an opportunity for all of these guys to step well, up. Well, yeah, and, and Matherin looked like, and... you know, the best player on the floor for stretches this week, you know. Um, yep. You know, and so to giving him more more run. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what you want, right? In a developmental season, you want opportunities for guys. I just wouldn't expect as as Pacer Nation to expect a lot of wins this week. Do you think in light of that that instead of um 
giving the keys to Nemhard as the starting point guard in the the first unit, should we start McConnell? Um, just because he has a lot more experience, like running a a ship and and let Nemhard come off the bench, or keep Nemhard at the two and keep bringing Matherin off the bench. Like, do you think we see? Uh, Carlisle tinker with lineups, starting lineups, and well, we saw week. we saw. Uh, I think was it Matherin started in the uh, Memphis game. Yeah, um, yeah. So in the think, Atlanta game, and the Atlanta game. So I mean, I think he's yeah. gonna. You know, he understands that there needs to be scoring there. I, you know, I uh, my assumption would be that Nimhard needs to play with Heald um, in that starting mm. lineup because Heald's the steady hand. He's the vet. He's the guy you can throw it to if things are going bad, and he'll hit a three. Um, sure. You know, and I mean, he did hit seven threes in the New York game, like we, mm-hmm. like I called for him, um, and uh, you know, he looked fantastic. I, but I mean, we were broke a lot from the range this this week. You know, I mean, when you spend so much of your offense on hitting three pointers and you shoot twenty nine or thirty uh, percent, and the other team shoots thirty five forty, you're going to lose a lot of those games. You know, and some mm-hmm. of these games came down to just missing three-pointers so and part of that is is that um Halliburton is so talented at that you replace that with a well rust. he creates a lot more open looks open right? looks for so. other people right you know and, and you replace that with an Imhart or a rusty Neesmith or you know whatever um you know there's gonna be there's gonna be some some differences in your offense I mean I just wonder if Neemhard well I mean I guess with ben, yeah with Neemhard Nemhard is a name Nemhard or Nemhard anyway. It's a silent Andrew, B. Is all, I think it's in, a silent B. That's right. B is in for the, baller. Uh, in the second unit, like he has a bit more of a scorer's mentality, and if Matherin is in the starting lineup, then that maybe gives a little bit more punch to the to the second unit, and you have McConnell in the starting lineup. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I look, I think everything's on the table at this point. I mean, because mm-hmm. we're just throwing shit at the wall, you know. Um, we've got eight guys, nine guys we really like, and none of them are stars, and let them play. Let them play hard. You can sure. figure out the rotations. I thought Jalen Smith had, you know, a really good stretch in, what was it? Was it the Knicks game? But his overall uh, game wasn't yeah. that good. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm i struggling. To, I really wanted this to be a coming out party for Jalen Smith and for Zay, Isaiah Jackson this whole season, but particularly when you put, you know, Turner down. And they've had their moments, but they're not showing the consistency that they're ready to be, you know, um, difference makers on this team. Now, granted, they're like 22 and 21, but, yeah, um, exactly. you know, and I know it takes time, especially with big guys, but um, I was just so excited for this season for these guys and and i thought well turner's gonna go down for a little bit let these guys show that they're ready and neither of them are ready (laughs) yeah probably not i mean but yeah like again here's a great opportunity for them to get more minutes and at least learn on the job you know what i mean even if they're not super successful like just playing they need to get more minutes at that nba speed and strength and figure out what they need to do basically especially jackson i think really needs to be on the floor to like see things happening around him and 
start to start to get the game to start to slow down for him, I guess. Well, I think they need to be spending more time uh, just talking to Terry Taylor. Uh, the the birdhouse went in and got a bunch of O boards in that Memphis game. Like, I mean, the game was over, but he was just doing what he did. And um, I need my big guys to be fighting the way that whatever. How how what six five? Yeah, something like that. What is he? TT six four. He's six, listed at four. But I mean, he's like, like that's just his jam. Just yeah, like, well, because uh, he knows how to box out. <laughs> like that's a big thing. Well, but it's thing. more so like he, yeah, he do, he knows how to do that. But he also like for those offensive rebounds knows how to sneak his way into little spaces. Like nobody expects to see him coming because probably those big guys don't even see him. You know? <laughs> exactly. He's so small. Below their belt line. He's yeah, exactly. coming. <laughs> All right. So you say a one and three week. I'm gonna go two and two. I think we're gonna keep this ship afloat. I think we're gonna. Catch Milwaukee off guard. The <laughs> afternoon game. Nobody's nobody wants to play in the afternoon. That, you Except know, for young guys. That's true. You know? That's true. I'm 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 not I'm not I don't hate that pick. That's fun. All right. And then are we gonna beat the Suns or OKC? Probably the Suns. OKC's uh yeah, they play way too hard. So We play hard Denver, too, buddy. Denver's gonna crush us. Yeah, Denver's gonna crush us. So so if you have plans for Friday night, it's it's all good. You know, go, go ahead. Yeah. Enjoy, skip the game. Enjoy your Friday nights. <laughs> That's right. Skip the game. That'd be fine. Um, so I, I did want to mention this. Uh, we, we, we sort of uh, teased it. Uh, conspiracy theories on uh, Miles Turner with uh, back spasms. Um, is he in trade rumors? Or do you think... So after we had our panic talk about we're going to trade Miles Turner, um, more stuff came out that... Um, the Pacers are in active talks with him still mm-hmm. um, about um, a long-term extension. Um, what's your read on any of this? Um, where are we at? That's a good question. I mean, I didn't read everything this week, but I think it's always fishy when a guy is a game-time scratch and has been on the trade block, especially as you get closer and closer to the trade deadline. I mean, my inkling is that if a trade is going to happen, it's not going to happen until the deadline at this point. There's sort of no motive to do it until you absolutely have to, you know what I mean? For either the Pacers or another team, if it's another team, you know, waiting to pull the trigger. And Carlisle said as much, you know, like, I guess he, like, his back started spasming up after a team meeting or something like that, like, right before the game, so... And they went and tried to massage it out, and it just didn't work. So. Right, and uh, I think the quote was, "I have no intention of trading Miles Turner," is what he also right. said. Yeah, well, not that's that he Carlisle said. Right, I understand that, but um, he clearly understands him as very essential to the team he's running right now. Yeah, and it seems like our impression of Miles Miles Turner's feelings toward the Pacers as a franchise is different than what other people are seeing like you know people that are around the team seem to report that he's very happy and likes this group of guys and uh, all I, that kind of stuff I, well I, I i think that i mean i just think he see his his body language is different than it was when he was 
in his third year with Sabonis, you know, right. and like, you yeah. know, like, like he loved Sabonis early on. They were best friends and they were kind of trying to figure it out. But after he realized that he was basically going to sit in the corner and shoot threes, like his body language got worse, you know? Yeah. Um, he seems more engaged. He seems bigger. He seems more um, active. Uh, he's getting easy shots because of Halliburton. So, I mean, on some level, you know, does he want to go to another team where maybe he just sits in the corner and shoots threes again? You know, like right now he's got to be feeling pretty good about his basketball career. For sure. But that doesn't matter to management if they think they can get something good, right? Well, right. I mean, I, yeah, I think they're trying to suss out what the number would be, you know, for Turner. And they have until I'm, I'm sure they're working all the angles, I guess. Or I hope they're working all the angles. That's right? what they get like, paid to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they have up until the trade deadline to see if they can come to agreement with Turner on a number for an extension. And if they can't and they feel like they need to get assets back and not risk it in free agency, then they'll probably pull a trigger, you know, pull, pull the trigger on a trade at the at the deadline. Well, the conspiracy theory is back spasms is we've come at an impasse on contract talk and we are knee deep in a conversation with another team and we are not pulling the trigger yet but we can't afford Turner to get hurt for that trade and so you're gonna but why would they call it back spasms and not like rest or something or like well because that's too obvious I don't know okay <laughs> sure well I hope it's not true I've I've I've, I've loved uh, Miles Turner um uh, this season, I, you know, I, I he's had a interesting career with us because there's not been a ton of playoff success. He's had a ton of turnover of coaching and superstars around him, and um, you know he's been a he's been a soldier for us. Um, mm-hmm. I really like to get him in a situation where his role is defined, and um, at least a couple of the the primary teammates around him are set in stone and i feel like this franchise is you know clear on the fact that they want halliburton to be their leader in the future looks like matherin's going to be around for a while so that gives some stability i would love for miles turner to be able to exist in a world where he's got some stability and can evolve into the player he deserves to be yeah it was interesting there's i don't know if you read it but i sent around the article from bob kravitz uh, in the athletic about how, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be the face of the franchise and he's the next Reggie Miller and he's saying all the right things and he's here to here for the long haul and all this stuff. And he's like, you know, it's Pacer fans. We should be, uh, you know, cautious or, um, you know, it's, it doesn't seem right. The superstars leave us or whatever, but this is different. This is Tyrese Halliburton. And I really want to dig through the archives because I'm sure he wrote the exact same article about Victor Oladipo. And probably Paul George. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, Paul George was, like, sort of the first super-duper star to... Anyway. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So that's the point of that is to say that stability is only uh, in the eye of the beholder, I guess, at some level, right? Like... I hope that that is the the future for the next decade he's or whatever. So, he's so fun. 
and he's so talented. And you know, he's gonna make an All Star team. This All Star team, he's gonna. Oh, make he'll make the All Star team this year. Yeah, yeah. and okay. at least if he stays healthy, he's in line to make third All NBA. Like he's mm-hmm. been. I mean, I think we talked about this last season. There's nobody that's averaged over ten assists as a Pacer point guard. <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's a huge deal. People don't average over 10 assists a game in the league, not just only for our franchise, but it just doesn't happen that often. You know, right. yeah. um, this guy is really, really special. And he also can shoot the lights out. He's also, you know, he's got size. Uh, he has, seems to have leadership quality. I, yeah. Hell of a savvy pickup by uh, the franchise here. Yeah. No, just do everything you can to keep every happy. move heaven and earth to make him <laughs> happy for sure. All right, well, uh, Pacer fans, we're going to leave you with only one show this week, so we're not going to do a Thursday show. So we'll be back with you next Monday, uh, hopefully with a much more intact crew. Until then, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, You can find us uh, on Twitter at The Undebeatables. No, sorry, at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. You can email us, shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Uh, there's also a contact form on our website uh, if you want to send a message and sort of withhold your name that's the way to do it and we also have a couple t-shirts left on the website so get yourself one of those yeah we've got some uh, mailbags that we've got to get to uh, some mm. people that have written in we appreciate that keep it up uh, uh, once we get the full crew back together we'll we'll start answering some so if you got some questions definitely drop them off at all the places that Jason just said or go to the website and figure it out because you know <laughs> it's not that hard we try to make it easy sure uh for the architect donnie walsh and our once and always hall of fame coach bobby sicklinard turn out the lights the party's over that was a classic yeah I like that's yeah i went back to the well that's probably the uh, yeah. If you were to take all of the songs that you did, you've done, and come up with an average song, mm. you know, like the tone wise, sure, I think that would be the average. That's like the. Well, you know, it's funny that I don't. It's the my, modal version of the song. Yeah, that you're exactly right. And what's interesting is that I don't do it like Bobby did. It Bob, that should be my average, right? Turn out the lights. The party's over. You know. Mm-hmm. That should be my my go to. It's not. I don't know. No, but well, I mean, you know, it's hard to bring the same energy to doing the same thing night after night after night. You know. Well, maybe like, I just didn't want to take because he perfected it, and so I had to sure. reinvented it. You know, I had to re- I had to do my own thing. Not as true. good, but you know, different. I was listening to a, a recent pod of ours, and I was talking about how I had to listen to a, a game on the radio. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was listening to Mark and Slick. And part of that is because I'm getting old and my brain doesn't work anymore. But part of it is also just like how how much time those guys spent together doing the doing the radio broadcast. How much time they spent in your ears. My brain can't split them <laughs> apart. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Uh, have you listened to Eddie Gill uh, with, with Mark? Uh, it's 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 not bad. I mean, he's yeah, he's, yeah. he's evolving yeah. into it. I, I see why they've picked him. It's it's. You know, it's different, but... um, Definitely. You know. 
And I, I can't imagine that Mark would allow this to happen if he didn't enjoy spending time with the guy. So, I also uh, recently listened to the to our uh, the highlight show, the clip show. That oh, oh, I'm glad you got to it. Yeah, and you have that great um, section in there where there's a uh, it's audio of Mark Boyle calling a bat flying around the San Antonio <laughs> I Arena. I I cut like lots of things of us being funny just to keep that in there it's It's so so great it's so good (laughs) diving and tormenting he's the best he's the best this bat is indefatigable (laughs) so good so good 